This is the Mosaic Church Podcast. Mosaic Church is committed to making disciples that discover Christ, connect in Christian community, and serve others and the world. We started a series on how to be great, and I don't think anybody wants to be purposefully, uh, constantly in a losing situation. What I challenged us three, four weeks ago when we started is that a lot of times we find ourselves based on decisions that we have made prior to our certain situation. I joke around sometimes, uh, you know, and I talk about my physique, how awesome it is. And I said, you know, this doesn't just happen. It takes work. And so, and actually because of my lack of physique, uh, this is what happens when you don't do anything, right? And so, but that's a choice I made. It's a choice I made. I'm very uh, stringent on getting on the scale every day. And uh, the last few days I didn't. This last week has been crazy. And I finally got on it today and I realized, whoa, I need to starve myself for the next three days. Uh, what these were, because I find myself today heavier because of the decisions I made prior to today, specifically Friday and Saturday. And so uh, I'm praying that you have a desire to reach, I hope you have your own desire to reach your maximum capacity that God has designed you for. And that's important. It's important that you are reaching the what God has designed you to be. Whatever you do, don't fall into that trap of trying to compare yourself to someone else. That's a horrible game to play. It's one of the downsides of Facebook because it's, it gives a false impression of life and then you're trying to match yourself to that and you feel like, well, I'm not as advanced as that. I, I remember feeling that myself one time when I met a friend of mine. He was 30 years old at the time and I was like 26 and I felt like, uh, I'm not even close to where he is in his ministry years. I remember when he was 33, I was thinking, man, he is awesome. And when I hit 33, I thought Jesus accomplished everything, and I haven't even started. I'm like, I'm way behind. Uh, but that's okay when I'm comparing myself to Jesus, but Jesus wasn't saying that to me. But I definitely didn't, I wasn't wise to compare myself to my friend Bill. So, but Jesus has a design for you to reach your capacity. And where you're at today spiritually is based on decisions that we've made. So, we talked about some five things that will help us to make great choices. And the number one we talked about two, three weeks ago was to choose wisdom. To choose wisdom. And we know that Solomon chose wisdom. And within that that umbrella of wisdom, we need to ask ourselves, Lord, is this a wise thing to do? Talking to some friends or making some big decisions. I have to make big decisions, whether we should sell my house or not. Those, But I'm really praying. I said, Lord, I'm asking you for your direction. And Lord, help me. Is this a wise thing to do? And we don't have the time to go over the points, all the points, but it is important Uh, that we ask the Lord to give us wisdom in order to make the right choices so that we can reach 
the capacity that God has designed us for. Some of you are teachers in here. I imagine it's frustrating when you see someone you know has the capacity to do better and doesn't. Probably my whole elementary uh, report cards all said Mario could do better. Almost all of them, every year, Mario could do better. And if you're a teacher, that's frustrating when you know that that person could do better for them, for themselves. And so we ask the Lord to give us wisdom. So we've talked about a couple of things we could do as we pray. We study about the circumstances, the situation that we're choosing to be in. Uh, we ask the question, is it wise? We don't ever ask the question, can we afford it? Right? That's not a good question to ask. Because even if you could afford it, it may not be the wisest thing for you to do, right? You go on vacation, you can afford it, but it may not be the wisest thing you can do, you know, going across the globe and, you know, visiting all the, all the cool places. And then you realize that, you know, um, there's some big bills coming and it wasn't the wisest thing you could do. And then the last, of course, seek counsel. I was talking to a friend of mine about this, this little tool I use called the implication wheel. Very great tool to find out what are the implications of the choice. It's seeking counsel. And the last, of course, act on it. If God has called you to do it, you've done all these things, do it. Do it. One of the most frustrating things that you hear when I read about marriage uh, challenges is that someone says they're going to do something and they don't do it. They drag their feet. And so, uh, great by choice. Then a couple weeks ago, before the reunion, we talked about choose sacrifice. Choose sacrifice. We talked about this wonderful story where Queen Esther chose sacrifice. Chose sacrifice. Not only was she willing to risk her state, her situation as queen, she was also also risking her life in order to do the right thing, to make the wisest choices for her people. And we talked about that the last thing we want for our church One of the things we talked about, Esther, is to be ignorant of the plight of people around us. And I said, Lord, help us as a church never to ignore. Help us not to be self-ignorant. It's one thing to be ignorant, but to impose it on yourself on purpose. That's a whole different level. And so we just kind of close our eyes and we we don't want to see the problems of our brothers and sisters across the globe. We don't want to know about that poor pastor in China who's being imprisoned. And we don't want to hear about that part of India that's being imprisoned. Or, or there, we don't want to know about this homeless church down here, Connections Church. We don't want to know their struggles, so we just ignore it. But Queen Esther chose sacrifice. And part of being great by her, her choices. And she is great by the choice that she made. The last, uh, the third point is choosing integrity. So I have a little test for you. You don't have to answer out loud. But I'm going to ask you, do you know who the five richest people in the world are? 
the five richest people in the world. Name them in your head. Uh, let me just help you. I am not one of them, all right? Close, but not. And I'm talking about financial riches. There's usually one or two persons like, what kind of rich are you talking about? I'm talking about money, all right? Uh, and so, all right. So the top, uh, number one, does anybody know? Do you want to just say it out loud? Yes, Jeff Bezos, $108 billion. Uh, number two, Bill Gates. Number three, Warren Buffett. Number four. Any Spanish people out there? Yes, just, yes. Amancio Ortega, $75 billion. I think he's related to the TV mogul, mogul in, in Mexico. Uh, the last is Mark Zuckerberg. All right, so let's, here's another question. Do you know who the, and a few of you will know this, the last five Heisman Trophy winners? Just keep them in your head. Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, Derrick Henry, and Marcus Mariota. Mariota. Okay, here's a tougher one. The last uh, five winners of the Miss America pageant. Can anybody name their states? Well, District of Columbia won it last. District of Columbia won it before that. Nevada, Connecticut, and Maryland. So why am I asking you these questions when it comes to integrity? Is that a lot of times we may know these people who might, what we would consider successful, but I wouldn't necessarily make, put them in a category of great. They might be great in their field, but I think there's a different category of greatness. Here's another question I have for you. Here's another question I have for you. Here we go. Name me, name your teacher who made a difference in your life. My guess, statistically, that like 95% of you can name a teacher that made a difference in your life. Here's another. How about another? Who is the friend who stuck by you through thick and thin? Can you name that person? Who is that person in your life that truly cares for you by speaking the truth? Speaking the truth in your life. Probably all of you are answering the first three categories, you had no clue, or most of you didn't, especially Miss America pageant, maybe the Heisman Trophy, or the richest. What sets someone apart is not that they are beautiful, rich, or even famous. It's if we remember them in a good way. You remember it. And I'm going to tell you, I believe that person that you remember, most likely, I believe with all my heart, is a person who chooses integrity. Who chooses integrity. And so today we're going to just kind of cruise through integrity. The choice of integrity. The first one, of course, was choose wisdom. The second was choose sacrifice. And today we're going to talk about integrity. And I it can't help but talk about Joseph in the Bible. Joseph was great. But he didn't start out great. He wasn't always great in people's minds. He was hated by his brothers. In Genesis chapter 39, hated by his brothers, sold to slavery. And then next thing you know, he find himself in uh, basically the Pharaoh's house. And he's in there 
and he's been rising to the top. But all of a sudden, Joseph is going to be challenged with the concept of integrity. Can you imagine working your way all the way up from the bottom, all the way up to the bottom, and then all of a sudden, your integrity has been impeccable, but all of a sudden, it's going to be tested. We all know the story. We all know the story. Even though Joseph is still a slave, he's made it to the top. He's made the choice of integrity. He didn't just happen to make it to the top. He didn't just happen to win the lotto and he was up top. He was a person and he made the choice of integrity. And even though he was still a slave, he made it to the top. Look what it says in Genesis chapter 39. Now, Joseph was a well-built and handsome, very much like Pastor Mario. Verse 7. Okay, not the tall part. All right. Uh, 7. As after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, Come to bed with me. All of a sudden, he's going to be seduced. Attempted seduction by Pharaoh's wife. My guess is that she was not hard to look at, being that she was Pharaoh's wife. Joseph was young. We guess in his mid to late 20s. My guess is that hormonally, he's at peak level. And all of a sudden, someone who I'm sure is not hard to look at, says to him, will you sleep with me? Have you ever been in a situation like that? Don't raise your hand. I bet you've been in a situation very much like it, though. A situation where you're face-to-face with an opportunity to do something you shouldn't. And everything in you says, yes, click that mouse. Turn that TV on. Whatever it might be. Steal that money. It's a choice you have to make. Cheat on a test. Lie on an application. Steal someone else's praise. A lot of times we don't do those things. Because something in our heart says don't do it. But we've all been in situations like that. The opportunity to do wrong. And the temptation to do that. And temptation is a very strong situation where you have to choose. Integrity is who you are when no one is looking. When no one is looking. Some of you heard this story. I'm going to cruise through it because it's already 10 after. I was doing my taxes for five years by myself using TurboTax. Not a good idea for me, all right? And so I, uh, at the end of five years, I wanted to apply uh, with something with the IRS, and I got denied. So that's when I looked up for an accountant, and I happened to know an accountant here in town. I was new to town. And so he asked me to bring my five years return. So I gave him my returns. And then he calls me. He says, Mario, we need to meet. And I go, is it good news or bad news? Let's just meet. So I go to his office. 
And there's one lady there. I have never seen her in my life. She's never seen me until that moment. And then my accountant. He goes, Mario, we have good news. I mean, we have bad news. And I go, what is it? He goes, you have been doing your taxes wrong for, for five years. And we could do two things. Don't forget, when you're inside an accountant's office, is client and accountant privilege. You know, he couldn't be ratting me out as far as I, I don't know. Maybe I should ask the lawyers. And he goes, Mario, we can go back and amend them, and you're going to owe lots of money. Or we can just ignore it and pray to God you don't get audited. And I said, well, how much money? And he told me it was a lot. It was, I think it was like seven, eight thousand dollars $8,000, which I didn't have. And I remember thinking to myself, what should I do? And this is where I feel like I, Queen Esther, in a sense. I just tucked my head down and I said, let's do what's right. So he mended him. And it cost me, I think it was actually 9000 actually $30,000. No, just kidding. It was like seven, uh, $8,000. And so we did the right thing. I was just starting out in Chi Alpha in our ministry, and we had like six students in our ministry. And that night, after my accountant's meeting, this girl shows up, and I'm like, hey, how you doing? And she goes, oh, you, you met my mom. Like, I don't, I don't know who your mom is. Like, and she said her mom's name. Like, no clue. Um... She works for your accountant. Like, and apparently she knew who I was. She knew that I was a minister. I guess she must have read it somewhere. And uh, at the end of that meeting, she says, you need to go to this college ministry. But I had a choice to make. And we all have choices to make. And I'm telling you, on that particular choice, I'm not perfect. Uh, but on that particular choice, the Lord helped me to make the right choice. And Joseph is in a situation where he has to make the right choice. It says that he refused in verse 8. He told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. He owns everything and he's entrusted me to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her, even be with her alone. One day he went into the house and he attended his duties, and none of the household servants was inside. She caught him by his cloak and said, come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand and ran out of the house. And that was a choice he made. He had a choice to make. Integrity is not something you have. It's something you choose over and over and over again. It's kind of like, do um, you remember uh, Captain Sullenberger? He landed that plane in the, the harbor in New York. They call it a miracle. And, and I, read, I read this article and, and it challenged me. It wasn't a miracle. If I was flying the plane and landed in the harbor, that's a miracle. All right? If you were flying the plane, that's a miracle. Why isn't it with Captain Sullenberger landing a plane? You know why? Because he spent his whole life doing the right things, practicing second by second, 
going over his mind what he would do in a certain situation and constantly did the right thing. And when the problem arrived in front of him, he landed that plane because he kept doing the right thing. Me landing, that's a miracle because I've never flown a plane prior to that and I wouldn't know what to do and I just would have been lucky. This isn't luck. It's a choice. And we know the rest of the story. It doesn't work out for him right off the bat. Integrity is something you have. It's not something you have. But it's, it's, you have it's something you choose over and over again. A little definition from, I think, uh, Merriam-Webster. The quality of being honest and having strong moral principles Moral uprightness. So if you want to be great and meet God's design for you, it's choices you're going to have to make. Now I understand I'm old enough to recognize some things just happen to you. Right? Out of your control. We're not talking about those situations. But we're talking about situations that are in your control. You're going to pray for wisdom you're going you're to sacrifice and do that thing which is right. And you're going to be integ- integral in, in doing those right things over and over again. Being a person of principle. One of the things that one of my pet peeves is when someone behaves out of personality, not of principle. Oh, I like you, so I'm going to treat you nice. And I don't like you, so I'm going to treat you wrongly. That's not good. That's not an integral person. Verse 39.9, how then can I do such a wicked thing? Here's five keys to integrity. Number one, choose it right away. Choose it right. When I was in that accountant's office, I had to make a decision right then and there. I didn't, go, I didn't tell them, let me think about it. Choose right, right away. Joseph chose the right thing to do right away. He didn't. He didn't think about it. It reminds me of uh, Job chapter 1. If you read it there, it talks about Job was an upright man and he eschewed, he spit out, eschewed sin. He didn't play with it. He didn't want to know if it was poisonous or not. He spat it out. So the first thing is, is don't play with it. Do the right thing right away. I'm, I'm going to just skip through. So point number two. Go through your mind and start thinking of others. If I, if I have this affair, how is that going to affect my people that you don't normally think about? My in-laws, my parents, my brothers, my sister, my cousins, my nieces, my nephews. Those are the peripheral people. My children, my wife. But more than any of that, my God. My God. Start thinking of others. When you find yourself in this situation where you're not sure, do the right thing. If that's not working, think of others. Think of God. How will this affect? What is the ripple effect? And we've had this conversation in other sermons. What about my great-grandchildren? We never think about them, do we? Do I want to set them up for this generational thing of bad behavior? 
Choose integrity by thinking of others. Number three, choose integrity by seeing wicked as wicked. Verse, how can I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? I don't have time to tell you, but we live in a generation that don't know that things are wrong. They think everything's built by somehow this emotional feeling. Like, well, if it's wrong to me, then it's wrong. But it may not be wrong to you. There's no external background of determining what, of right and wrong. I pray that's not the case for us because we're not looking into our hearts to see if something is wicked. We're looking to God and he determines what's right and wrong. And as believers, as followers, as disciples, disciples of Christ, we submit under that. See things as wicked when you're in a situation like this. Choose integrity. Joseph's decision didn't come from inside of him. They came from outside of him. They came from God. Number four. It's not, you know, these aren't ranked order. These are five pieces. Remember God. Remember God. We just took communion, didn't we? And we talked about, look at the past. Look what he did for us. Look, look to the future, what he's going to do. He's going to come back as a conquering king. Begin to remember God. Lord, thank you for saving me. Thank you for dumpster diving and pulling Mario out. Thank you. And then begin to remember God and begin to say, God, help me to be integral. Help me to do the right thing in all circumstances. The last thing is remove yourself. Joseph physically removed himself from the situation. And it says in verse 10, And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even be with her. That last line is critical. He wasn't even with her. He understood his own weakness. He understood who he was. He understood who he was. Because it says there, he didn't want to do this before God. He knew how to put moral fences in his life. And um, in my 11 years here at Mosaic Church, we've never, I know we have little kids somewhere hiding under the pews here. I have never, ever, ever addressed the topic of internet pornography. I could be a little on the naive side, but... The research says I shouldn't be, all right? So we talk about moral fences. We put ourselves in them. One of my favorite Dr. Dobson stories was about how people always constantly want to get out of their situation, constantly want to get out of their marriage. And, and they look at the cage that they're in as somehow something that's confining and keeping them from really living life. And little do they know that little, that little gerbil that's enjoying that little confined life does, it wants to get out, doesn't know there's, there's prey just waiting on, you know, beneath the counter. Moral fences. People. Church. Ask, you know, people hold you accountable. You know, there's software to hold us accountable. I just found out through the new iOS how much time I spent on this thing, and I was convicted. Some of you know what I'm talking about. I was like, what? How is that possible? 
It's like stepping on a scale. It slapped me in the face. So I'll have to build some boundaries in my life. Remove yourself from the situation and put some moral boundaries. And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go. He did not even stay in the same room. He chose to do it early, to leave the situation early, not waiting until he was already over his head. Let me just challenge you this morning as we close. Help. Let's pray, God. Help us to help us to reach that point where you've designed us to be. We're not asking so we can be like so-and-so. We want to be like Christ. He's our measuring stick. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask you this morning, Lord, to help us to be great by the choices that we make. And Lord, we rely on you for strength. Lord, help us to always make the right choices. By wisdom, sacrifice, and integrity. Lord, help us to be those kind of people so that you would be glorified and those people in our lives would name us as that person who was integral, who helped and made an impact in someone's life. Lord, I pray, God, that you get the greatest glory by how we live As we choose you, Father, as we choose you, Lord, we know that integrity follows. Integrity follows when we follow you. Lord, we say thank you, Father. Help us us at Mosaic Church. Help me, Father. Lord, I know that I'll probably be tested immediately. Lord, help me to continue to do what is wise in your eyes. Lord, help me to live sacrificially. Lord, help me to be a person of integrity. Everybody's eye closed and we're wrapping it up. But, man, you want to you wanna be a person of integrity, just raise your hand. I'm going to pray for you. Yes. Heavenly Father, all these hands going up. Lord, help us for your glory. And we believe that when we live this integral life for your glory, that lives will be changed. Not just our own lives, but those around us. We love you, Father. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. We want to thank you for listening. We pray that you were blessed and encouraged. If you liked what you heard today, subscribe to this podcast and listen whenever you like. To find out more about Mosaic Church, please visit www.mosaicchurchtlh.com.